Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of his great love is that he gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And he gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. I like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. Good morning. Today we have uh, a special blessing and fun. I know this is going to be a fun time with Ruthie Gray. Uh, She is a podcaster and a, um, well, I guess you call yourself an Instagram coach. Is that correct? Um, online marketing coach, uh, specializing online. in Instagram and newsletter, uh, marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I'm free to ask you this, but how old are you, Ruthie? <laughs> I am 58. Oh, such a young child. See, cause I'm 70. <laughs> I say that proudly. I'm 70. I'm still walking and talking. The, the great thing, uh, the reason I ask you that Ruthie and, and believe me, I, I haven't ever asked any, but well, no, that's not true. I have asked some other young whippersnappers their age, but, um, I think it's because of what you say your passion is. You are an online marketing coach, but you haven't been doing this your whole life. So what made you want to do that? And I'm kind of st- skipping ahead here, but why did you want to do that? And what was the catalyst that got you started? <laughs> Well, what happened was I started blogging about 15 years ago, and I've always wanted to write, and I've always been a writer. I've written for a local column in our local paper and and things of that nature down through the years. And uh, so I started writing, but I was spending hours and hours um, blogging, and I produced a couple of eBooks, and that was great. Uh, had a nice size blog, but my husband approached me one day, talk about a catalyst. (laughs) He said, Ruthie, (laughs) you are spending hours, hours, probably 50, 60 hours a week on this. I know you love it, but you are costing us tax dollars. And why don't you find something on there online that you love, that you're good at, that you could um, develop a business around? Mm. And I, he's like, you know, you have a $9.99 ebook. <laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> point well taken. Leave it, leave it to our husbands. They're so practical. Well, he is a businessman mm. and he is good at his job. He's good at it. So um, he's very good at being a visionary and all that. So then I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. What are people going to pay me for? Mm. <laughs> And I was in a blogger group um, and it was suggested to me, we were at a retreat together and the retreat, the session wasn't about me. I wasn't leading any of this. And all of a sudden everyone turned on me and said, Hey, what are you doing over there on Instagram? Why are you doing all those stories and fun things? And how's that working out for you? I see that all the, a lot of your followers are really engaged. What's going Hmm. on? Is Hmm. that something we should be doing? And I went home and I was like, I mean, I I was like, took over the complete conversation somehow by default. 
and they were picking my brains and I got home and I was like, well, maybe this is something I could do. Mm -hmm. So long story short, uh, the opportunity opened up for me to start running other people's accounts, bigger bloggers and so forth. And it was very successful. Uh, They were doubling and tripling their views within the first month. And so I got really, really busy with that. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to run everybody's account anymore. Why don't I just coach them? So I Mm. stepped into that and then it became a one-to-many kind of thing. And that's where I started opening up my online marketing school and Hmm. um, my membership. And so it just became, it, it became something that I loved that I didn't even expect. Wow. Well, you are, um, truly gifted. I've seen you work. um, And I've seen your Instagram. What I was thinking, it was interesting that you, you moved from being a one on one, like you were helping somebody else, that's a certain kind of gifting. But then also taking over and teaching other people, that's another kind of gifting. So um, don't you think one prepared you for the next? And also, I think when we try different things, it clarifies for ourselves what we're really good at, and not only what we're good at, what we love. Absolutely. Um, Speaking of gifting, so teaching is my spiritual gift. Mm. And I've always known that and I've used it in different capacities down through the years. But so at first, the one on one coaching, I liked it, but it was suggested to me by uh, my business coach at the time said, you know, you can you can go a lot faster and you can Um, make more dollars. If you do one to many, why don't you try that? So I did try it. And you're right. If you don't try, you won't learn and you won't know what you're good at and what you're not good at and what your superpowers are basically. And what can you can leverage so that you can offload other things. So Mm. that's what I did. And I beta tested um, Mm. what I do now, my trainings three different times. Uh, the first one was kind of like, eh, that wasn't the greatest. And so I let it uh, settle and, you know, kind of meld, think about it, release the, the podcast. And then I came back with, okay, let's try this format. And that worked. And then I repeated it. That worked. And then I made it into a, into the big official thing that it is now. So just well, trying and testing. I think anyone who is a coach, which you are, you one of the things you encourage people with is to keep trying and mm-hmm. to try it a different way, perhaps. And that's what you yourself did. And I think I think I can get discouraged and I can just say, well, I'm just going to quit. I mean, what do you say to the people who immediately go, well, obviously God does, you know, they bring the spiritual part in. God doesn't want me to do this mm-hmm. because I was a complete failure. Mm-hmm. What can you say to encourage someone who's feeling a little stuck right now? Well, I could say that I was a failure after that first beta class didn't go exactly how I thought it was going to. And in fact, I just sort of like backed off and thought, well, maybe this is not right. Okay. And yet what you, what I encourage people to do is what I did. I just kept coming back to the Lord, kept meeting with him. And I, I knew that I was on to something. There was something there that I, hmm. I knew I could teach. Hmm. And so I just just kept brainstorming the options and talking. You need counsel. 
Mm-hmm. You need either a business coach or you need a mastermind, a mentor mind, whatever. And I had um, basically a mastermind. And that they're, they're the ones that I actually, they were my guinea pigs and they gave me the feedback that I mm-hmm. needed mm-hmm. and the support that I needed. And so that's what you need. You really need community. That's what I base all my trainings on. And that's how you how you keep from getting discouraged. You know this yourself. You're you're a part of uh, the Christian podcasters community. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason that we meet in community is because we need others to speak affirmation mm-hmm. and help and support. And like, well, maybe you should try this. This may not be working so well for you. Here's mm-hmm. a good suggestion. And so when we can get that input, instead of being alone and off to ourselves, as Mm -hmm. we often are in the online space and then Mm -hmm. the podcasting space, if we can open ourselves up to that and and allow others to speak to us, then we're better for it. And that's Mm -hmm. how we're going to move. Yeah. And that, that is a, a life principle. It's not just for engagement on Mm -hmm. uh, building a ministry or building a business. It's a life principle. We aren't supposed to do this life by ourselves. Um, I know you preach that and so do I. Um, How do you keep your relationship with God on a growing trajectory? Well, (laughs) he comes first in the day. And so God and coffee, that's my Mm -hmm. motto. I try to keep it fresh. I I almost always read through the Bible every year. I have Mm -hmm. a, a Bible that I read through. I love looking at scripture as a whole for Mm -hmm. years. I didn't do this Uh, for years. I would just, you know, jump from book to book or a devotional to to devotional, but never really being able to read the whole Bible through and commit to it. But I finally stumbled across a Bible in a year at the Christian bookstore. And this is about 12 years ago. And, and which one, is, which one is, which one is it? Is it called the Bible in a year? Um, yeah, it's called the Bible in one year. And I can't remember who it was by. The one I use now is by John MacArthur. Okay. Um, and I thought, I'm going to try this. I probably won't succeed, but I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. It stuck. Like I was very into it because I could see, I could see Genesis, but I could see Matthew, but I could see the Psalms and the Proverbs. Oftentimes the theme, even though it really wasn't intended, was all the same. Hmm. And it just started making me take an, a big aerial view. This is why this goes with this. And hmm. this is why this all weaves together and God's word does not contradict itself. Hmm. And so I love doing that. I love putting a spin on it each year, maybe doing something a little different as I'm reading this year. It is focused on my word of the year, which is I, Hmm. (laughs) as in eyeball. Oh, okay. (laughs) I, I sight vision, but basically the word I, and as I read each day, I am circling the words that have I or sight in them. Hmm. There's so much I've already come up with, so much material. And then what I do is I take one of those verses or two 
and write them in my journal and a few thoughts about them. It's amazing what well, why when did you focus you, on a why word. Why did you choose on I? Why did you choose I? Okay, well, this is funny. Um, <laughs> the biggest reason is I am focusing on my physical site this year, as in I am hoping to have LASIK surgery mm. because I cannot see. Um, I can't see with contacts, can't see without contacts, can't huh. see. I mean, not that I'm blind. It's just that it's just I've reached an age where I just can't see correctly. Hmm. And uh, my husband had um, cataract surgery a couple of years ago here in Florida, and he decided to throw in the Lasix, and he's never looked back. And I've just been so jealous this whole time. <laughs> so I want to do that. And um I was talking with the Lord one day and I was like, I just don't know what my word is. Maybe it's I, maybe I'm supposed to do that, but I'm supposed to also look deeper than that. Hey, what if I research scripture about I, and maybe even had a different theme of the month or something like that. And that's how it evolved into hmm. what and I'm doing. Been, and it's been a blessing already. Already. Hmm. And we're only 16 days in, right? <laughs> It's funny you said that because I had I had cataract surgery last Thursday, so you, yes, you did. That's yes, right. and me. I have another one next Thursday. But by the time this comes out, I will have twenty twenty vision, so I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I you say that you were passionate about growing up in the second half of life. I love that so much. Actually, I repeated that to a twenty four year old at the gym this morning. I told her, "Oh, I'm gonna I do a podcast." <laughs> oh, you do. And I said, yeah, and I'm interviewing this gal and her passion is to help help women do entrepreneurial work and to be excited about growing up in the second half of your life. She's like in the first first quarter of oh, her yeah. life, not knowing baby. what to do. So I just said, okay, let's have coffee next week. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just thought, I thought that's such a great line because people feel, I think people feel like their lives are over when their children leave home, maybe. I don't feel that way because I've been so busy, but I know people do. I've had people say, what do I do now? Because we love our children so much and it's like such a full part of our lives and then boom, they're gone. Or if something tragic happens, like our husband dies or we lose our job or we lose our health. And there's all different ways, things that happen that God knows is, you know, God is aware, but we are not necessarily prepared for. So why, why did you come across this? Um, whole, I guess, a mantra, growing up, I have a whole retreat series, uh, growing something besides old, because we're not supposed to just get old, we're supposed to grow up in Christ. Right. So, right. Um, so what do you mean by that? Elaborate a little bit. Well, I was one of those that, that was my whole goal, although I did other things and had jobs on the side, my whole goal was to raise my four children uh, to adulthood, keep them alive, yeah, right, <laughs> and and make sure that they were functioning. Um, into yeah, that mm -hmm. were a contribution to society, and that they, they were loving, and that they loved God, and you know, people went. Um, so I worked very hard at nurturing our family and my kids, and my relationship with my kids, and their relationships with each other. And then um, I was so excited for them when they were leaving home mm -hmm. and just cheering them on. And then the weirdest thing happened. 
um, at, the oldest went and left and that wasn't too bad because she was only like 20 minutes down the road. After she got married. <laughs> that doesn't count. But the, the middle two left at the same time <laughs> in two different states. And I felt this grief come over me and mm. I was not prepared for that. Mm. I did not expect it, but I realized it was the end of an era and I got really depressed hmm. for how Super long depressed for how long? It was at least a year. Oh, wow. And not only that, but it was, I was fearful too for my children because I, they were no longer under my roof and I couldn't mm -hmm. watch every move. And mm -hmm. they were driving on the interstate somewhere that I didn't know. And, you know, coming home to empty apartments, they could be mugged or jumped at any time. All these things were going through my mind every night. And mm. um, I just you know, did weird things. Like I started finding myself staring out the window, just staring. Like mm -hmm. I'm not a stare, like just unless I'm really thinking hard, I stay busy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was watching football with my husband, which was really weird because I'm not a sports person. Now I'm turning into one, but it was just at first it was like, I don't know what to do with myself. My mm -hmm. life is over. I already, accomplished my goal mm -hmm. this is the end <laughs> i truly thought that mm. but at the same time i had been blogging for a while and i knew that god was calling me to write and to be be public with my blog which i didn't want to do because i'm not a perfect person and i didn't really want people you know, know that knowing about me mm -hmm. <laughs> So that's how that all, you know, kind of came about is that I just took a journey, but I found joy in taking that journey and in writing and in others responding to my words and enjoying them. And I started mentoring moms. Um, that's, that was my first, you know, blog, big blog and gig and all that. And I got my joy back. And you would say it came through, the, the process took as long as it did because? It took that long because I, it's just how long it took as far as God was concerned. He took me on that journey and it took me a while to realize that life isn't over and there is still joy and you can still um, enjoy the second half, there's still something more for you to do. So when I realized that, then I realized that, and I kept moving and transitioned, you know, into what I do now, I realized that there are many, many, many women just like me that are in that transition. Hmm. Um, and they don't know what to do when they grow up <laughs> in the second half of life. Hmm. So I'm trying to help them figure it out. What would be three tips that you could just give right now to someone who's listening, who's thinking, maybe this is what's been wrong with me. I feel a little listless or directionless. Even the, the young gal I spoke with this morning, she doesn't know what to do next. But if you're talking to someone who's uh, raised their kids or they're ready for a change, they just need a change, what tips could you give them just to uh, lift them up? either spiritually or vocationally, or, um, I mean, we would all like them to come sign up for your course, but they're not all meant to do that. 
Right. Right. Well, I think first of all, you have to allow yourself the freedom to explore and dream. Mm. What do you say more about that? Sit down and, and jot down or um, talk out with someone, your best friend, your husband, uh, some things that you enjoy that you could possibly start doing. Mm-hmm. For my husband and I, we started RVing before oh. the kids ever left so that we could have something like that to do while they were gone. At first, I thought it was a stupid idea, but I found <laughs> out I really loved it. So it wasn't so stupid after all. We're still doing it. I love um, it. But so think about things like that. Maybe you're not an online person, but maybe you love to crochet and you would maybe like to teach some crochet classes. Maybe you want to start with uh, the women in your church Mm. or your neighborhood, or maybe you want to start a book club, or maybe you just want to be in one. So allow yourself to dream. For me, the dreaming was God had already started me on the path of the writing again. Mm-hmm. And so I dreamed about, you know, someday uh, being an author and things like that. So allow yourself to dream. Of course, come to the Lord, ask for wisdom upon wisdom upon wisdom. And then as you are doing those things, kind of look at the threads of your life and the things that you already are good at and enjoy that you could possibly tie together, like sort of like a mind map, use sticky notes or, or write it all, jot it all down on a piece of paper, see if you can connect some threads. Hmm. Um, I would do that, but then I would also, and I hinted at it earlier, but, and this is kind of fourth tip, I would talk to someone else. Yeah, I was going to add some feedback. And I don't, I don't think it's necessarily... Uh, true that you have to talk to your husband or even someone that close to you, but they do need to believe in you and they have to know you. They have to know you well enough to, um, well, for one thing, to be a sympathetic listener, but also to tell you the truth. Like if I told a friend that I was, you know, going to be a a knitter, they would say, you're crazy because you don't like to hold (laughs) still. And, you know, I only do, I'm a craft one and done person. But see, I've learned that from trying crafts, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. I know someone who started the Knitwits, which is a knitting group. <laughs> and they're funny. They're funny like you. That's and amazing. And they're the Knitwits <laughs> only because this one woman said, she was a nurse, but she asked this, our organist, our church organist, hey, would you teach me how to knit? And so then they just, and, and she was a very much an introvert. And my crazy organist friend is not. And she just had a great time. And then they ended up, it was like a club. <laughs> and then they did things for like orphanage, orphans or for foster kids. And Aww. it turned into a wonderful thing. But I just love it. It's called the Knitwits. And so really, it. you can, um, <clears throat> and then I fr- another friend of mine, she, her, her daughter died suddenly. And for her, to, part of her getting over grief was that she was, uh, she collects long, yarn from people and she makes slippers for um, women who are in the prison system because she mm. found out that their feet are cold. Oh, so um, you know, it kind of makes, chokes me up. But I just thought, wow, you know, there's a place for all of us. There is. And, um, and I think some are afraid to say that they need 
that coaching or they need that encouragement. They just think, mm-hmm. okay, life's over. I'm just going to only travel in my RV and that's it, which I'm sure that's not all you do. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, our, our pastor says, you don't retire, you retread. And mm-hmm. um, maybe I'll, I'll mm-hmm. slow down before you because I'm older than you, but we retread a little slower perhaps. But someone said to me yesterday, oh, well, you're retired. I go, I am not retired, you know, because I'm so busy. But I like it being that way. But not everybody has to do it the same way. Would you agree? That's right. Yeah. I think that's correct for sure, because you're a unique individual. So your your thought patterns and your hopes and your aspirations um, are going to be different completely from someone else. But you sh- you do deserve the right to explore the options and to dream still mm. in this stage of life. Mm. I love that. You do deserve. That sounds good. You also write, as Christian entrepreneurs, we have a direct line into God for wisdom and guidance. It's both terrifying and exciting. Why did you <laughs> say- uh, First of all, I love the fact that we have a direct line. And for anyone listening who doesn't know God... That's one of the benefits. <laughs> yes. Because, as you know, in James, it says, if you lack wisdom, which I do every day, by the way, you know, I need to ask them every day. I ask for wisdom, even going into this conversation and in talking to my kids or whatever ministry or actually just um, our pastor spoke on evangelism on Sunday, which is not the usual sermon, but, you know, the how to's and how Jesus did it with the women at the well. So I was thinking about that. And then I went to my exercise class and here's this 24 year old said, I like the color of your hair. And because of that, now I have her phone number. And so it's just a matter of asking questions and all that sort of thing. So there's always hopes and dreams and aspirations, and we deserve to look into them, not at the expense of our health or of somebody else's. Um, feelings, mm-hmm. but um, but why do you say terrifying and exciting? I can see why it's exciting, but why terrifying? <laughs> when you take those first steps, um, and really, it could be about anything, but I'm going to speak to entrepreneurship for a minute because that's what I am. When you allow yourself to dare to dream and to charge for something, that you think is good, but what if others don't? Mm-hmm. What if someone goes, takes away from your product or your service and they start bad mathing you? Or what if you don't deliver and you thought you mm-hmm. could? Yeah. That's terrifying. It is terrifying. To me, that is the, the worst. When I started the podcast, I was like, what if I can't deliver? What if this is a mm-hmm. flop? What if it's no good? What if no one likes it? But I did it. And it we're 50, almost 55,000 downloads um, two and a half years later. Mm-hmm. So people do like it. People are sharing it. But, um, you know, every time that I take a big step or release a new training or something like that, I have that apprehension. And it, and that apprehension continues just about every other night of my life. I'll wake up <laughs> out of a deep sleep and think, oh, no, I forgot to do this for so-and-so. Or what if they don't like this? Or what if what this if is I such a comfort to, to hear yeah. this as a fellow entrepreneur? <laughs> such a comfort. I mean, it's like, this. 
the biggest thing right now is the 1099s and my husband's breathing down my throat and we had an actual conversation the other day about it. And he's like, you have to get those out. Mm. And I said, but I don't like doing that. I don't like doing the money part. He's like, if you don't like doing the money part, then just quit your, just stop this and fold it up and write a book and just, just do that. And I'm like, but I love it, but I love doing it. I love my job. I love what I'm doing. He's like, you have to choose. You have to decide. You have to do hard things. Well, I think that every job has its hard, tedious parts. And when I was moping the other day thinking, I think I'm going to quit podcasting because of the tedious parts I was doing, I thought, wait, when I was a school teacher, there were parts I didn't like. You know, as a speaker, there's parts I don't like. So as a mother, there are parts I didn't like. I mean, really, you're talking to young moms, lots of tedious stuff. So good for oh, you. Yeah. So the terror, the terror comes in with some self-doubts. And then as things become successful or you change your mind, then... Mm -hmm the self-doubts or the fear. Or God changes it. <laughs> right. Or God says, this really wasn't the right direction. You know, this podcast is on legacy. I mean, I could guess what your legacy is, but I'd like to hear it from you. What legacy do you want to be sure you're giving uh, those around you uh, now? Uh, it's probably twofold. The one is, I don't want my kids and grandkids to, I want to leave a legacy of courage mm. that I tried things and that I wasn't fearful and stayed in my own bubble. Mm. And that is a real fear for me because I come from a long line of fearful people. Mm. Why do you say my that? Dad was, my dad was fearful. Mm. He took a failing grade in speech class in high school um, on a, on a speech, he just didn't do the speech because he was that afraid. Mm. And later the Lord got a hold of his heart and he committed his life to the Lord and the Holy spirit took over and he became a pastor. Wow. That's a, a big difference. And he was good. And mm. he met, led many people to the Lord who became mm. missionaries and led many other people to the Lord, and it's still going to this day. But his mother was the same personality as he and I, and she went the other direction. Hmm. And in her second half of life, she stayed in the house, and she didn't go to church, hmm. and she didn't go anywhere. She wouldn't even go to the store. Hmm. She wouldn't leave. And she became a fearful person <clears throat> and worried about everything. Hmm. So that's the first thing. Is you, start, I you, want, you started by saying, I don't want my kids and grandkids. And then you went the other. To, to think that I, hmm. I don't want them to be fearful. Okay. And I don't want them to let that hold them back in life. And then the second thing is, I want to be known for wisdom because I walked with God and I want to pass that wisdom on. And I want my, my people to know that I walked with him, but I also want them to walk with him too mm -hmm. and to let him be their direct line of counsel. As a mom, as you know, we can't really author our children's faith. 
Nope. We just do the best we can when we have that um, yep. meaningful day in, day out influence. And then after that, uh, grown and flown, as they say, um, but That's so it. many, so the many prayers. Part. It's the hardest <laughs> part. I know I hate to tell moms of young children, oh, this is a snap, <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> but you know what, Ruthie, they're watching us. And uh, it's not just our own children who are watching us. They're watching us say, will, will, will Sue worry all night because, you know, her oldest is moving to New York in February? Will Sue worry all night because the middle child is moving to Chicago in May? Is, well, you know, there's, and they're watching me. And I thought, hmm. And I was telling a friend about that because she goes, are you nervous about it? I go, well, I was when I first heard about it, but... My mom cried for a whole week when I lived in Brazil. You know, I thought, why are you crying? I'm having a great life, you know, but you know, they, <laughs> uh, you know, and then I went to Papua New Guinea and then I lived, I lived a mile high and I had to go on this windy mountain. Of course she was upset. And I thought, I'm, I'm fine, mom. Don't worry, me and God. And uh, so it's not payback necessarily, though I think she's probably laughing in heaven. But, um, you know, it's something we just give our kids to the Lord. As my girlfriend says, Sue, I gave my kids to the Lord at birth, and I'm not taking them back. They belong mm -hmm. to the Lord. So what a wonderful legacy. Uh, it sounds like you already answered the question, what challenges did you have to overcome? But it's interesting that you are a marketing coach when fear was something yes. that you had to overcome. Isn't that something? It is something. I mean, if you were just this funny extrovert who liked to teach the Bible, that's one thing. But the fact that you overcame, you, you, I mean, I think when I'm aware of my fears, that's when I can give them to the Lord more and have mm -hmm. him help me walk through them. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, I'm an introvert oh. and fearful. <laughs> People Lovely just think I'm an extrovert on, uh, online. But, you know, the other thing is that in the second half of life, many of us uh, fall into the caregiving responsibilities. Ah, yes. And that happened to me 13 years ago. Wow. Almost 14. At both of my parents at the same time, and I'm an only child. Mm. And so it completely threw me for a loop. We're talking stroke, car accident, emergency surgeries, falls, breaks, passing out, all kinds of things. Mm. It was absolutely floored me and I didn't like it and I wasn't ready for it. And um, I was still homeschooling my two high schoolers. Wow. And so I fought that for a while until finally God told me in, in the hospital room one day, Ruthie, this is the plan. Hmm. wasn't my plan. It wasn't going according to any of my plans. <laughs> this is the plan. I'm an only child. So I had to suck it up and say, okay, God, this is the plan. But how that ties in doing the hard things is even though you're in the caregiving stage, the reason I said you deserve to dream is because I think many caregivers in our sandwich season of life where we we're GGs and, and, and we've got the, we have kids who have little kids and, and we're helping them, but mm -hmm. then we've got adults, parents who are almost like little kids and we're taking care of them. 
everybody needs mom, Mm. but it's okay for you to have something of your own because if you don't, you may go bananas. And Mm. I knew I was going to do that. And that's why my husband supported this move so much, um, this entrepreneurship and why I carved out time and still do to do it. Mm. Well, I think it's beautiful how the Lord, um, nudged you and it took courage to say yes to him i would think because you were talking about courage earlier and then wisdom to follow suit and also to take care of yourself i mean i think we live too much so in a self-care society we're always saying that about self-care but in this Mm -hmm. in this case it's it's true i mean even i think about the tedious parts of of work to make sure i get to do something that feeds my soul every day Yes. That gives us the strength to carry on. That's the way God made us. The last question is, how do you embody? How does your life embody the welcoming heart of God? And I don't mean just hospitality. How do I embody the welcoming heart of God? Well, it is odd how God has led me to this path that you wouldn't normally think would be something that would be from him marketing and teaching groups of women how to market. But I work closely with Christian female entrepreneurs who are first and foremost kingdom minded. Mm. And they know that whether they're selling a hair product or they're a seamstress releasing a online course or they're a podcaster or they're an author Hmm. or they do any number of services or they're a business coach. First and foremost, they know that they want to get out the message of the gospel of Christ. And so what I try to do is foster community and welcoming and networking in my free groups and in my paid groups supporting each other to further the message, no matter what Hmm. your vocation is. And Hmm. these women realize that too. And so that is how I foster the welcoming spirit. I love that. And God's all about that. Fostering the, the gifts that he's given us and helping us to not be necessarily successful as the world sees, but blossoming how he's made us to blossom. Well, Ruthie, you are a terrific um, person and what a great, would you describe your course real quick? And, and then we'll put notes, uh, I mean, uh, links in the show notes so that if people are interested in what you have to offer or just want to talk to you further. Sure. It's authentic online marketing school Mm. and it is the blend of Instagram and email marketing. And I, we have a community where uh, you get feedback, hot seats, all that stuff for your Instagram bio, your content, mm-hmm. and how to drive traffic to your newsletter. Hmm. And you walk away with a newsletter welcome series and a newsletter template and ongoing swipe files. And and so you're able to drive that Instagram traffic that you grow over to your newsletter because newsletter is life. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been told too. Well, thank you so much. You've been such an encouragement. And um, I know that 
maybe there's someone listening today who's going, wow, I have a lot to offer and I'm just going to sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and I'm going to dream. So if that's you, the listener, would you let us know? And then I can pass that encouragement on to Ruthie as well. Thank you so much, Ruthie. God bless you. Thank you so much. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.